This morning, just for a little bit, just for a few moments today, I want to talk about how we can be, or rather I should say why we should be and why we can be positive in a very negative world. Daddy earlier was alluding to uh, some of the negativity and some of the, some of the danger and the terror and all of the, the bad things that are actually and ultimately happening in our world today. But we as the people of God, we as the church of the living God, I'm going to tell you something, we can be positive in the middle of a very negative world. In our world, some people are more naturally optimistic and some are just very naturally pessimistic. <laughs> I mean, you, you, you've probably been around both of those types of people. Um, today, I want to talk about why. I want to talk about why we should be and, and can be positive in a very negative world. Next week, should the Lord allow, I want to talk about how how we can be positive in a very negative world. It's one thing to know why, it's a whole other reason, it's a whole other thing to know how to implement that into our lives. But there are people, there are people in your life, there's people in mine that are just naturally optimistic. They're always going to see the glass half full. They're always going to see something good in every bad situation. And then there are those, and you know them, there's nobody in this house or you wouldn't be at life church, you'd be at dead church. But, 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 uh, but, uh, but, but, but there's, there's those who literally, they're going to find the negative, they're going to find the bad in the best of situations. They're always looking for the worst. It's the pessimist in our world. An, op an optimist is going to read the verse from Psalms 23 that says, and my cup overflows, and they're going to think of that as, as the Lord blessing them and experiencing the blessing of the Lord. The pessimist will read that same verse that says, my cup overflows, oh my Lord, we're going to have a great big mess on our hands because the cup's overflowing. How many of you know someone like the second one today? I figured you did. All over the world today, it seems like people are looking for a reason to be critical of things. There's people just, just looking for the opportunity to be negative. It's almost as if it helps people's feelings. They, they feel better, it seems like, somehow. They get some kind of gratification out of just being incredibly negative. I think about even some of our own self-talk sometimes, the way that we will talk to ourselves without even, without even knowing it many times, we can talk down to ourselves. You see people that talk down to others. Sometimes we talk down to ourselves saying things like, I don't really have what it takes. My life stinks. I can't stand where I am in my life right now. And literally, we begin to say these things to ourselves over and over again until we talk ourselves into a bad life. I've literally seen people who had the greatest opportunities and the greatest potential in their life, but because of their self-talk, they literally talk themselves into a very bad and negative life. Literally, we say these things to ourselves. Most of our conversations with other people are consumed with negative things, especially in this day and age that we're living in. The, the economy is doomed. Morals, they're falling apart. The school system stinks. You can't trust anybody in this world. Churches are dying left and right. The government is spraying poison on our homes at night. The world's going to hell in a handbasket. I, I was... It was an interesting thing that happened this week. We were, we were hosting a funeral service here at the church. I wasn't able to be here for the service. We were just having it here. And, and, uh, and so I had come a little early that day. I had to be in Monroe during the funeral. So I came a little early to make sure everything was kind of set up in the building, in the room. And, and um, there was a gentleman that walked in. And this was a couple of hours before the service would happen. And he had heard that, 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 that the gentleman had passed away, and he was an old friend of his from school, back in high school, and so he wanted to come by and pay his respects. But this person that came by to visit was somebody who I actually knew as a child and had not seen him in years, probably been 20 years since I've even had a conversation with the person. So he comes in, we visit for just for a minute, and as he's walking out, he says, man, this is the first time I've ever been in, in y'all's building. I said, well, it's fixing to be very different. I said, we're knocking a wall out, and we're going to add chairs, and we got, we're building on, and all of this. He goes, yeah, I guess you want to do that, like, for special events. Like, if you have something, you need more room. I said, well, no, we kind of we kind of need more room on a regular basis right now. You know, we, we kind of filling the place up. You know, God's been really blessing. And somehow or another, he never even heard that. You ever notice how people just hear what they want to hear? He, it's like he, he said, yep, the Bible says there's going to be a great falling away from the church. 
Where did you take what I just said, that God is blessing and he's growing the church? How did you take that and interpret it into there's a great falling away from the church? So folks, you're all part of the great falling away. I'm sorry to tell you that. The reality is there are a lot, there are a lot of things going wrong in the world. There's no doubt about it. And, and we don't need to stick our heads in the sand. As a matter of fact, there's a, I have a friend, he doesn't live here anymore, he used to live here years ago, and, and a real chirpy guy, a real energetic fella, and kind of wiry, and every time I'd see him, and I finally got to where I quit asking him how he was doing, because every time I would see him, I'd say, well, how's it going? He'd say, I'm excited. I'm excited. And I mean, at first I thought well, it was just a one-time deal, but then it would be like every single time, oh, how you doing? How's everything? I'm excited. And it was like this just rope thing that, and, and, and eventually I quit asking, how you doing? Because frankly, I didn't want to hear, I'm excited again, because at some point, you can't be excited every single day, every single moment of your life. You just can't be. You can try to tell yourself that, but the truth is, is I know this individual has faced some challenges, has faced some struggles. There's been some battles that he's had to go through. He wasn't excited every time that he told, him, told me that. And the, so the truth is that sometimes we try to do this mind over matter thing. And, and I'm not talking about not being real. I'm not talking about sticking our heads in the sand. We as the church, we cannot stick our heads in the sand and pretend like there's nothing going wrong. There are things. But at the same time, God is doing a lot of amazing things in our lives right now, whether we realize it or not, whether we see it or not. And God's doing some incredibly miraculous and powerful things all across our world. It doesn't matter what Fox News or CNN News is telling you today. God is still alive, and he's doing some great things in our world. We'll oftentimes find what we're looking for. We're going to find whatever we're looking for. I, I love the illustration of the two different types of birds. There are, the, there are the buzzards. We see a lot of those around here. And then there are the hummingbirds, and every single day, what does the buzzard do? The buzzard gets up every day and begins to fly around doing nothing but looking for dead things. What does the hummingbird do every day? He gets up every morning. Note to self, never do that again in front of people. Every single day, the hummingbird gets up, and he flaps his little wings really, really fast looking for sweet things. Each and every day, day after day, proving that we'll always find what it is that we're looking for. And that's not just some cheesy pastor, pastoral illustration. It's, it's actually in scripture, Proverbs eleven twenty seven. It says, he who earnestly seeks good finds favor, but trouble will come to him who seeks evil. We're going to find what it is that we're looking for. If we're looking for the negative, we're going to find the negative. We won't have trouble finding it. But if we're looking for the good, if we're looking for God in everything, we will find it. If we, if we want to find the negative, if we want to be miserable, we can search for it and we can find it. But if we search for the good, we can also find that as well every single time. There's a possibility and I believe there probably are those today. There may be those today who's sitting in this room right now and you've already decided. You've already made up in your mind, I don't like this message. I don't like this sermon. There may be those who have already determined, I don't like these feel-good messages and sermons. I, I, I talk to people all the time and they say, I don't like these modern feel-good preaching. So I, I want to be, I want my toes stepped on when I go to church. When I go to church, I want to feel bad when I leave because that may, you know, whatever. I, I don't even, that, that don't even, I can't even comprehend that. And somehow that being in the presence of God, we're supposed to feel worse when we leave than when we come in. I believe that he will convict us at times and he will challenge us at times and he will, he will work on us at times. But it still feels good even when, if God is doing it, it feels good. If the enemy is bringing condemnation on us or someone else is talking down to us or speaking shame on us, that will cause us feeling bad. But when God's Holy Spirit will convict us, I'm going to tell you something. I'm like, I want to change. I want to be transformed. But I feel better. I feel better. But what I want us to understand today is I'm not just coming to us from this mind over matter 
psychology or, or this talk yourself into a positive stance theology at all. That's not where I'm coming from at all. If, otherwise, this would just be a good little Zig Ziglar type of motivational positive speaking uh, uh, speech today. It wouldn't be a message. In fact, there's the main point that I want to make to us today, the very main point. If you want to write this down, if you want to put it in your phone, it's simply this. We're not positive people based on what we see or what we feel. We are positive people based on what God says. I'm not positive just because by nature I feel like everything is going to ultimately get better. I'm not positive based on my feelings or my emotions or even the circumstances that I'm facing or dealing with, whether good or bad in my life. I am positive today based on a truth. I'm not positive based on what I feel. I'm positive based on what God says. And I want to share just a few different reasons why we have, what reasons we have to be optimistic or to be positive. And it's all found. There's all kinds of reasons. There's all kinds of reasons why we should be positive people all throughout God's word. There's literally thousands of scriptures that will tell us that and encourage us in that. But I found a few just in the, the eighth chapter of Romans, all in one chapter. I want to tell you, I'm going to tell you how many reasons, I'm not going to tell you how many reasons that I'm going to give you today because you might get scared off and leave because you may think you're going to be here a long time. But let me just say I'm going to shoot them out really fast, okay? I'm not going to tell you the number. I'm not going to tell you the number of reasons I'm going to give you today because it's a lot, okay? But, but I'm going to do it real fast. Is that all right? Can we just kind of do kind of shotgun preaching today? From the book of Romans, the 8th chapter, I want us to look at why we should and why we can be positive people in a very negative world. And reason number one that we can be positive in a negative world is this, because my sins are forgiven and my eternity is secure. I can be positive today in a very negative world because I have an assurance and I know that my sins are forgiven and my eternity is secure. We can be absolutely and completely and eternally positive because of the assurance that our sins are forgiven. Our sins are forgiven and our eternity is secure. We have got to begin to look at our lives from an eternal perspective. So many times we think of our lives as we are, we are, a, we are a, a natural, physical body that possesses a spirit but truthfully, that's not the case at all. It's just the opposite. We are all spiritual beings who are temporarily dwelling in a physical body. And so, so many times we're trying to put all of our understanding into this little thing that we call life, this little vapor that we call life in the natural, when God's perspective is so much bigger and so much larger than even the natural breaths that we breathe here on this physical planet. We are, we are spiritual beings just temporarily dwelling in a natural, physical body. So we've got to learn to get an eternal perspective. If we learn to get an eternal perspective, then all of a sudden we don't get so overwhelmingly consumed with the issues of the day. and We think this is going to be the biggest thing. This is going to be the biggest challenge. This is the great, this is the thing that's going to do me in. This is the one thing that's going to destroy our lives or our home. If we can begin to look at things from an eternal perspective. Verses 1 and 2 in, in chapter 8 of Romans, it's, Paul says, Now there is, there is therefore now no condemnation. There is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Verse 2, For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death because of his great sacrifice at Calvary. We've been made new in Christ. Our sins are forgiven and our eternity has been made secure. I don't know about you today, but I've been forgiven of a lot. There's a lot of stuff in my life that I've had to be forgiven over. Therefore, this makes me incredibly positive about the, the incredible goodness of our God who shed his blood that I could be forgiven. Many people will look at how much they've been forgiven and they allow that to bring more shame and more guilt and more condemnation on their lives. I look at how much I've been forgiven and all it does is make his goodness and grace in my life that much greater and that much sweeter because I've been forgiven forgiven and my eternity is secure. Jesus gave his life for you and me. He, was risen, he rose from the dead so that we, you and I, 
could be made new. And it makes me extremely positive today to know that my sins are forgiven and my eternity is secure. Number two, reason number two, I told you I was coming at you fast. Reason number two that we can be positive in a negative world is this, is because Jesus is at the right hand of God praying and interceding for me. God is at the right, Jesus is at the right hand of the Father interceding for me. Verse 34 says, it is Christ who died and furthermore also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. A lot of times, I don't want to mess up anybody's theology or doctrine today. Too many times we've, we've taken scriptures like this and we try to put a, a physical picture to that. And, and, and the truth is, there's so much that's being spoken to us. It's a spiritual concept. It's not necessarily a natural or physical concept. And so we get this idea, we get this picture in our mind that there's this big, like, palace-type throne room in heaven, and, and God the Father is sitting there, and he's this old man with a white long beard, and, and then Jesus is sitting in his, the physical Jesus is sitting over here on the, the little lower throne to his right side, and, and, and he's the Jewish guy, and he's the one that's always, that's not it at all. We know that Jesus and his Father were one. Jesus was the physical uh, manifestation, the physical uh, embodiment of God, and so this is not a matter that Jesus is pleading with his father to do something for us. It's a matter that he is our advocate. He always was our advocate. There is nothing that we go through in our life that he didn't go through. There's nothing that we face that he didn't face. I'm, I'm going to tell you something. I'm thankful for incredible prayer warriors in my life. You have them in your life and I have them in mine. You know the people I'm talking about. The people that when you're going through the darkest hours of your life you're going to call those people because there's just something about those individuals and their, their way to be able to connect with the throne room of God. It's like they have a direct line and it's all because, not because they're any better than anybody, not because they're any more special, it's because their hearts are always tuned toward the things of God and can touch the throne room of the Lord. I'm so thankful for those people in my life and in your life but I'm going to tell you something. We got something way better than that. We have an advocate, and his name is Jesus. And everything that we've ever faced, the Bible tells us in Hebrews that we don't have a, a high priest that can't be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. But he was in all points tempted, just like we are, yet without sin. So therefore, let us come boldly into the throne room of God. We have an advocate with the Father. The Bible says that he is at the right hand of God. Right hand means power. It's the power of God that is working on our behalf, interceding for you and me. Every emotion, every fear, every hurt and pain that we've ever experienced it, he's already experienced it. And now, now he's at the right hand of the throne forever interceding for you and me. I'm so thankful today that I have a God that is always looking out for me. Jesus is at the right hand of God, praying for me, interceding for me. Reason number three, that we can be positive in a negative world is this. Because my future victory is greater than my present pain. My future victory is greater than my current, my present pain. We can be positive today because what we're going through now is doing something in us that God is going to use to conform us into the image of Christ. Our future victory is greater than our present pain. Verse 18, Paul says it this way, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not even worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. I know that many in this room right now are going through some very significant things in your life. I get it. I know we all do. And I don't want to discount anything that anyone may be facing in their life. But this is the same Apostle Paul writing this. The same one who went through some of the greatest, the greatest trials that anyone could ever or would ever have to face in one lifetime. He was beaten many times. He was shipwrecked. He was, he was whipped. He was left for dead. He was snake bitten and over and over he was tortured just because and just for his relationship with Jesus Christ. And he says consider, I consider these things I consider these present sufferings not even worthy to compare to the glory of what God has in store. I don't know, I don't know who it is right now that's in the middle of something difficult who's facing some 
some difficult issues or challenges, maybe in your family, maybe in your home, maybe on your workplace, whatever it may be that you're facing, maybe, maybe depression that you're battling or dealing with in your mind. I don't know who it is, but I'm going to say that I know that it's hard. I know that it's hard because life, life, quite frankly, can just be very difficult at times. Life can be painful. Life can be challenging. But from this eternal perspective that we're talking about today, it's not even worth comparing. It's not even worth comparing what we're going through now to the eternal glory of our God whose name is above every other name, what he can do through that pain and through that place in our lives. Even James said it, he said that we can consider it pure joy. To consider it pure joy when you go through all these various trials of many types. And the reason you can do this is because the testing of our faith, it will develop perseverance. And, th and then through that perseverance, we'll become whole and complete and lacking nothing. Our God is so good. And his word to us is this, is that your future victory is so much greater than your current pain. Our future victory is so much greater than our present pain. We can be positive in a negative world, not because of what we see, not because of what we feel, not even because of our current circumstances, but because of what God says. Reason number four, that we can be positive in a negative world is this, because my mind is filled with the peace of God. My mind can be filled with the peace of God. I didn't say my life could be filled with the peace of God. I didn't say every situation and every relationship in my life could be filled with the peace of God. It says my mind can be filled. And how many of you know that it all ends and begins with the mind? It all happens right here. Everything good, everything bad that happens in our life, it all starts right here. My mind can be filled with the peace of God. Romans 8, 6, it says, For to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. The peace of God. The peace that surpasses all understanding. To those who have been born into the family of God, if we have put all of our faith and our trust in Jesus Christ, we don't have to be dominated by our, by our fleshly, sinful, negative nature. Our minds can be renewed. They can be transformed by the washing of the water of the word of God. God's word renews our minds. And all of a sudden, we stop thinking about the negativity. All of a sudden, we stop thinking about the earthly and the natural and the sinful thoughts. Instead, we begin to get an eternal perspective based on God's truth. Suddenly, when we see things from God's perspective because of his goodness, because of his strength and the way that he can bring glory to his name out of even the worst situations in the middle of the greatest trials in our lives, we can have a supernatural peace that literally goes beyond our ability to even understand. Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about because you've been in the middle, you've been in the middle of a horrible situation in your own life. And other people maybe are looking at you. We talked a little bit about this last week. Other people maybe are looking at you and me when we go through these great trials and situations of life. And they're saying, how in the world are you so cool through all of this? How in the world are you able to get through this? And you're saying, I'm not going through it on my own. I'm not doing this on my own will or my own power or my own ability to just name it and claim it or, 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 or see things positively. I'm doing this based on the fact that I have the peace of God surrounding my mind. I have the peace of God ruling in my mind. The peace of God, it can guard our minds. Paul would talk about it in Philippians when he says it's the peace that surpasses all understanding. It will guard our hearts and minds and it can rule our minds if we choose to be governed by the spirit and not by the flesh. Reason number five. Reason number five that we can be positive in a negative world is this. This is where it starts getting fun, folks. If God is for me, who can ever be against me? If God is for me, who can ever be against me? This is exactly what Paul says in verse 31. He says, what then shall we say to these things? 
What is the thing in your life? What is that thing that's been perplexing you? What is that thing that is tormenting you? What is that thing that you're dealing with and facing in your life? And Paul says, what are we going to say about these things? we got to give a response to it. we got to look at it. We don't need to stick our head in the sand. We don't need to act like nothing's going on. We don't need to be, I'm excited all the time. We need, we need to address it. We need to say some things about these things. And he says, here's what we're going to say. If, here's what we'll say to these things. If God is for us who could ever be against us there is nothing that can come against the power of God in our lives and then in verse 33 he says who shall bring a charge against God's elect it is God who justifies there are some in this room who will say well I got plenty I got plenty coming against me right now I got plenty of folks that's ridiculing me and persecuting me right now the truth is is that yes we will be criticized yes there will be people who don't like you. I, I, I decided, I, I always knew there was people who didn't like me, and then I decided to run for political office. <laughs> then you find out there's people who you thought loved you, and they don't like you at all. You find that out real, I, I don't encourage anybody to do it. It'll really hurt your self-esteem a lot, I can promise you. You thought you were just this golden boy that everybody loved. You found out you were that most evil creature on the planet. The truth is you will be criticized. There will be people that will take shots at you. But the reality is, is that if God is for you, why do, what does it really even matter? If God is for us, what does it matter what anybody else says or thinks? If God approves us, what difference does it really make? In fact, if we begin to follow the leadership of Christ and his Holy Spirit in our lives, I'm going to tell you something, you will be persecuted. You will be ridiculed. We shouldn't worry when we're being persecuted. That's, we shouldn't worry when that's happening. We should worry when we're not. That means we're not being effective. That means we're not doing anything. That means we're not in, in, involved in any way. That means we've decided to go and tuck away and be a little hermit somewhere and not do anything effective for the kingdom of God. Because if you move, if you work, if you're doing something, you're going to be attacked. You're going to be criticized. You're going to be ridiculed. But if my heavenly Father is for me, who in the world could ever be against me? The God who says all things are possible with him. I am positive today. I can be an optimistic, positive person in a negative world because my God is for me, because his plans are to bless me. His plans are to prosper me and not to harm me, to give me a hope and to give me a future. We can be positive today because God is for us. Therefore, who could be against us? Reason number six. I told you it was a lot. We still got a long ways to go. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. We've already rounded the third, the third base. Okay, we're coming in. Reason number six that we can be positive in a negative world is this. And we talked a little bit about this last Sunday. God's spirit helps me in my weakness. God's spirit helps me in my weakness. I can be positive in a negative world because when I am weak, it's his spirit. It's his spirit that makes me strong. Romans 8, 24, he says, for we... For we were saved in this hope. But hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one still hope for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. That's where I believe many of us in this room probably are today. We're in that place. We're in that holding pattern. We're in that place where we're waiting on uh, to, to see the fulfillment and the faithfulness of a promise of God in our lives. And verse 26 says, likewise, the Spirit also helps us in our weakness. It's, it's His Holy Spirit that helps us when we're weak. If you're weak today, don't try to fight it on your own. Don't try to fix it on your own. If you feel weak today, let his Holy Spirit come and do what only he can do in our life. Let him be the one to bring the strength, not that of our own strength. It's whenever we are down, it's his Holy Spirit that ultimately will pick us up and hold us up. Whenever we are hurting, it's his Holy Spirit that becomes our comfort and our peace in those moments. Yes, we can find comfort from friends and family and loved ones. I know 
every time we come to the place and that, that, that chilly grave, if you will, and we're having to lay a loved one to rest and we, we experience the comfort of friends and family all around us. But guess what? After a few minutes and after a couple of hours, all those folks are going to go home and it's in those hours and those moments that you've got to have the Holy Spirit of God and Him and Him alone to be the comforter in our lives. If we're always looking to someone else, we're always going to need someone else. But and eventually we will exhaust the someone else, but he never runs out. He's always there to bring comfort and peace. Whenever we feel alone, it must be him and his Holy Spirit alone that becomes our friend and our, and our companion. Whenever we are weak, it is his Holy Spirit that is strong in us and through us. As a matter of fact, I want to be weak. I'd rather be weak in myself so that when I am weak, as we talked about last week, he is made strong in my life. I want it to be his strength that I'm operating on it. That means I have to walk through my own personal weakness. Bring it on because I want to walk in his strength. We can be positive today because we're never ever alone. When we're weak, we get to know him. We get to know our loving God in a way more intimate way than we ever would have it's because it's his strength that carries us during those seasons of life. Even on a bad day, the day that I never ever wanted to go through I get to know him in a more personal and in a more intimate way because his strength is strong for me in my weakness. It's his strength. So I can be positive today, not because of what I feel, not because of what I see, not because of what my circumstances are, but because of what God says. Reason number seven that we can be positive. Is it okay that we're just kind of teaching today? Is it okay that we're just kind of taking it point by point? Reason number seven that we can be positive in a negative world is this. God is working everything in your life for good. God is working everything, everything in your life for good. You know the famous verse. It comes from this famous chapter that we're talking from today, Romans 8, 28. And we know. We've got to have a confidence. We've got to have an assurance. We've got to know it deep in our spirit, no matter what we face, no matter what's going on in our life, that we know that all things, all things work together for good, for good, for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. And we know that all Things. Do a little research when you go home today. Do a Greek study of the Bible, if you will. Look up what that word all is in the Greek and then translate it to what it really means in the English. Here's what it means. I'm going to go ahead and tell you. All, let me tell you what it means. It means all. There you go. You got a smart preacher. You just didn't know. It means everything. It means the good things. It means the bad things. It means the mediocre things. It means the successes in my life. But it also means the failures in my life. It means the mountaintop experiences in my life. It means the deepest, darkest valley lows in my life. The things that I'm so glad that happened. The things that I wish never would have happened or never will happen. The things that right now are driving you and me crazy. God is working in all of that in everything it says that he's working all things together for the good of those who love him who are called according to his purpose there is not a thing there is not a thing that will happen in our life that the goodness of our God will not transform into something glorious and amazing in our life, in our future. We can look back in our lives right now, every one of us, I'm sure, if we've lived any life of faith at all, we can look back in our life and we look at those things that happened years ago and there was that thing that we thought this would be the worst thing that could ever happen in my life and guess what? That thing happened and, and, and we may have felt like at that time and, and that it was, it was the worst possible thing that I could ever face or deal with and now years have gone by and now we look back and we can see we see now through that rearview mirror we see now we see now as we look back we see the faithfulness and the hand of God in our lives through every little part of the journey all things it somehow took the thing that we would have never chosen for ourselves it took that thing that thing that we never wanted to experience 
And he was able to take that thing and transform it and use it for our good. He's working all things together for good. He's always working. He's always moving, even when we don't see it, even when we don't feel it. I, I know we got a lot of people in this room today that are cruisers. You like to cruise. Uh, a few of you do it quite often, Brother Waller. And um, Kayla and I have been blessed to go on a couple of cruises ourselves. And you know where those cabins are and those long, narrow, very narrow hallways. You almost have to turn sideways if you pass somebody to, go to get to your cabin. And, 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 and one of the most fascinating things to me, you're going to be surprised at what I think the most fascinating thing on a cruise ship is, is housekeeping. The housekeepers are the most fascinating people to me because you never see these people. I'm telling you, I, I don't, there, there must be these little hidden compartments and they have like video monitors everywhere and they're saying, okay, base to, base to 12, uh, the Bateses have just left their cabins, no one's in the hallway, okay, run. You know, I mean, I, I just, because you, you never see a housekeeper, but you can literally leave your cabin for like 10 minutes to go get a cone of ice cream. Literally, you're gone for 10 minutes. You go, you come right back and you walk in and your cabin is immaculate. I mean, the bed is made perfectly. Everything is in its rightful place. They've even taken time to take a towel and make some little cute little animal out of it or whatever. There's an elephant sitting on your bed. You've been gone for 10 minutes to get ice cream and they're nowhere to be seen. It really amazes me that occasionally when you do happen to stumble across one of those housekeepers in the hallway, you're like, hello, Mr. Kevin. I'm like, There's like 500 people sleeping on this hall. How's Miss Kayla doing today? How's everything at Life Church? Is Boston and Bliss okay at home? Have you checked? I mean, like, whoa, wait a minute. You know too much about me. How do you do this? But the truth is, that's the reality of what our God is like. Sometimes we don't feel him. Sometimes we don't see him. Many times we don't feel him and see him. But he is always working in our lives. He's always doing something. He's always working all things together. And faith tells us that he is there. He is always there. He never leaves us. He never forsakes us. Faith tells us that we can trust him because he knows the end from the beginning. You can trust him Today, long before tomorrow ever starts, he's already there. He knows how things work out, and he is so amazingly good, and he's so powerful that he is working in all things. The very thing that, we, that may be crushing us and crushing our heart right now, one day we will see the faithfulness of God through it. You think it's the end. You think this is the worst possible thing that I could ever face. If this will just ever fix itself, everything will be okay. But God is working through all things. We can be positive today. We can be positive in our lives and living in a negative world today because our God is working in all things to bring about good to those who love him, who are called according to his purposes. I will tell you something. I don't agree with everything that's happening on Capitol Hill and in Washington, D.C. There's, there's, there's some positions up there that I am adamantly opposed to, but guess what? Those people are not my enemy, and I ain't worried about what those people do. I'm not worried about the decisions that are made. I'm interested. I want to be in the know. I'm going to read the newspaper and then I'm going to turn around and read God's word and find out what God has to say about what the pundits are saying. But the truth of the matter is I don't really care what they do because I know the one who's working all things together for good. I'm not going to get all worked up and sweaty palms and shaking all the time because of what this person may be deciding or this person is going to do because I still serve the king of all kings and the Lord of all lords. My faith is in him. Our trust is in him and him alone. And I am closing with reason number eight. <laughs> You're welcome, okay. This is my last and final point today. Today we're talking about why. Why we should be positive in a negative world. Next week, hopefully, we'll talk about how to be positive in a negative world. Reason number eight, that we can be positive in a negative world is this. Because nothing can separate us from the love of God. Nothing, absolutely nothing. By the way, do another Greek study on that word nothing. There's not a thing that will be able to separate you from the love of God. I can't help but believe that there is someone possibly in this room today. You walked in here and you haven't heard a single word that's been said up to this point and that's okay. 
You've been disconnected from everything that's happened so far, and that's okay. You walked in this room today, and you sat in the chair that you're sitting in because God wanted you to hear this one phrase. You've lost that. You forgot that. You've you've talked yourself out of that somehow. And God just wants you to hear it today. That nothing, absolutely nothing, can separate you from his love. There's nothing in this world that can separate us from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus. Verse 38, Paul talks about this powerful truth, and here's how he says it. For I am persuaded, I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, what is it you're worried about? What is that thing that you think is going to happen next week or next year? What is that thing that's, that's tormenting you about the future? Not even things to come, not height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. No matter where we go, our God is there. No matter what you do, our God still loves you. No matter what happens in your life, our God is still there for you. Nothing will separate us. We cannot outrun his love. We cannot do anything to cause him to stop loving us. We can't run away from his presence. He will chase us down every time. Going back to Psalms 23, I love it when David wrote, he says, goodness and mercy, it follows me. I, 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 there's, a, there's a picture I get in my mind every time I read that. It follows me. It pursues me. It chases me. So many people think they ran from God. <laughs> you can't run from him. He's God. He created you. You're his child. He loves you. And he will chase you. In fact, there may be those right now who feel like, I emphasize, feel like they've walked away from God. I left him. I walked away from him. Don't be so arrogant. You're not that big. If that's you, the very fact that you're in this building today and you are hearing this message today is proof that you may feel like you ran away from God. But I want to tell you something. You may have thought you gave up on him, but can I tell you, he never gave up on you. That's why somehow he saw in his whole master plan to have you right now this morning sitting in this building right now. And right now what he's doing is he's chasing you down. He could capture you anytime he wanted to. He's going to let you play your game. And he's chasing you down. He's pursuing you. You want to be negative? You don't want to like it? But there is something inside of you saying, I still want to believe. I still want to believe. I still want to embrace this word, this message, that nothing is going to be able to separate me from the love of my God. I haven't, I've never gone so far that he wasn't there, ready to embrace me and capture me. The times when I thought I was alone and, and, and forsaken, it was in those times that he was holding me. It was his Holy Spirit that was holding me and keeping me. I can't escape his presence. David said, I'll make my bed in hell, and he's there. Wherever I go, he's always there. Nothing can separate me from the love of God. It's that faith seed inside of us. It's that faith seed that God put inside of us that says, yes, there may be a lot of bad things going on in the world today. Yes, there may be a lot of negative and bad things going on in my world today, in my life, but I still have a God. I have a God who is bigger than the worst thing in this world. I have a God that is bigger than the worst thing in my life. And I have a Savior, and His name is Jesus. And He come to meet me where I am. He came to chase me. He came to pursue me. I cannot escape Him. Nothing will separate me from His love. I am positive today. I can be positive in a negative world, not because of what I feel, not because of what I see, not because of my current situation. I'm positive because of what God says. 
I'm positive because my sins are forgiven. I'm positive because my Savior, Jesus Christ, He sits at the right hand. He is my advocate with the Father, and He is interceding for me. I'm positive because my present sufferings are not even worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in my life. I'm positive today because my mind is filled and surrounded by the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. I'm positive today because my God is for me and if he is for me, nothing can stand against me. I'm positive today because God's spirit works in my weakness. When I am weak, then he is made strong. I'm positive today because my God is working in all things to bring good to those who love him, who are called according to his purpose. And finally today, I am positive because there is nothing, absolutely nothing that can separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. And I am positive of this. I am positive of this, that God's word is speaking into somebody's heart today. When everyone else says the world's falling apart, when everyone else says this is the worst thing ever, when everyone else is saying that life stinks, I can't believe this is where we are in our world. I can't believe this is where we are in our home, and our family. You're going to take a step back and you're going to have some things to say. And here's what you'll say, yes, There's a lot of bad things in the world. But I'm not going to look at life from a negative perspective because my God is too good for that. Yes, there are some negative things, but I can remain positive in a negative world, not because of what I feel, not because of what I see, but because of what God says and because of who He is. I choose to believe in the goodness of God. I choose to see him at work in all areas and all parts of our life when everyone else is acting like a buzzard and flying around looking for dead things I want to wake up tomorrow and I want to be that hummingbird and I want to go and I want to seek the sweetness and the goodness of God everywhere that I look because God is only and always good in our lives we can be positive in a very negative world. Would you stand with me today across this room? Lord, today we are so very thankful for your presence and your peace in our lives. We can't explain it. Lord, we can't describe it, Lord, but we know that you are there. You're always working in all things. God, my prayer today for each one of us, whether we are a saint of old or whether we've just walked into this thing called a relationship with Christ, No matter where we are in our journey, God, my prayer today for every one of us is, God, give us an eternal perspective. Give us, God, vision, Lord, as you would have us to see. Help us to see, God, that you are always there and you are always faithful and you're always working, even during the dark seasons, even during the lonely seasons. Lord, when we get the unexpected bad news in life, throws us, Lord, a curveball. Lord, even in those seasons, God, you are always at work and you are faithful and you are always good. God, today, we put our trust in you. All of our trust we place in you. Now, God, I ask you to have your way. Have your way in every heart, in every life, God. As we wake up tomorrow morning, on a Monday morning, help us not, God, to have the, the attitude of, well, It's another Monday. I got the Mondays. God, help me. Help us all, Lord, to see it as a day of a hummingbird. I'm going to wake up and see your hand at work on Monday and then on Tuesday and every day of our lives because you are faithful. We, We want to know you, God. We want to know you like we've never known you before. We want to experience you, God, in ways that we never have before. We ask you to have your way today. In Jesus' name. Before we go home today, could we just take a moment and worship the Lord together in this room? Let's sing together before we go. I love you, Lord. Oh, your mercy never fails me. All my days have been held in your hands. From the moment that I wake up, Till I lay my head
today we were reminded of how wonderful the message of Jesus Christ is hallelujah more recent songs simply says it's a love without end living and loving and God's eternal unconditional love for you and me I think we've heard a wonderful word today I think we've heard a word that will keep us and walk with us through every situation of life that you may encounter this week. Would you join me in prayer? Father, we thank you for this wonderful occasion, this Lord's Day that you have called us to this place of worship, to be reminded of how much you love us, how much you care, and how that you are with us always, even to the ends of the earth. Go with us today and may this message, may your eternal word rest in our heart, bring peace to our minds, and give us guidance, direct our steps. We pray all of this in the lovely name of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. God bless you today.